Girlfriends, episode number 230, Fitting in Fitness with Brittany Pearson. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, I have a special guest, Brittany Pearson, who's going to be talking about how we can make fitness a reality, even in our very busy lives. Can't wait to share this conversation with you. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Thrilled you are joining us here. If you are a first-time listener to Girlfriends, I want to welcome you. I hope you're going to stay a while. I hope you will want to become a regular member of the Girlfriends community. If you are a long-time listener, sometimes listener, thrilled to have you back. Welcome, as always. I'm always glad to be able to connect with you here on the podcast. This week, I have a special conversation I'm going to be sharing with you with Brittany Pearson, who is a fitness expert. She is a health coach and a fitness instructor. She has a lot of background in fitness, but also in theology. So she brings a Catholic sensibility to everything she shares. I absolutely love her approach to fitness and to the balance between fitness and real living. That's something we talk about a lot here, how you can make it actually happen in your life if it's a goal. Now, I want to encourage you, if you are rolling your eyes, if You do not want to hear somebody lecture you about how you need to make more time for exercise in your life. I want to encourage you to stick around because this is a very practical approach. We're not going to be lecturing you. We're not going to be trying to guilt trip anybody. I really love the balanced way that Brittany approaches everything that she shares. So I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. Before that, though, I want to thank those of you who've been reaching out and letting me know that you have ordered your copies of The Manual for Marriage, the newest book that I have recently published along with my husband, Dan, which is available from tanbooks.com. Last week, I shared with you the introduction. I read the introduction at the end of last week's show. So you want to go back and check that out if you didn't get a chance to listen to that yet. That's episode number 229. And you can hear me read the introduction at the end of that. And it really gives you a feel for the flavor of the book, the kinds of things that we share inside the manual for marriage. So check that out. But I want to thank those of you who've been reaching out, letting me know that you've given the book as a gift to friends or that you've been reading it yourself. I heard from a Monsignor in St. Louis who told me he's going to be sharing the book with his parishioners who are preparing to be married or celebrating anniversaries in the coming year. I was really touched by that. What a beautiful idea. So if you want to check that out, you can go to tanbooks.com. We also have the link in the show notes for more information about the Manual for Marriage. Go to ascensionpress.com and you can get the link to tanbooks.com from there. All right. I don't want to hold up any longer because I really want to share this fun conversation that I had with Brittany Pearson, who is not here to guilt trip you. She's here to encourage and inspire you. That's what she does for me. So take a listen. Hey, everybody. I am excited to have a special guest joining us here on Girlfriends today. Brittany Pearson is joining us. And Brittany is a Catholic wife to an amazing, hardworking man and a stay-at-home mom to two young sons. She has worked for years as a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor to women of all stages of life and fitness. What Brittany is insanely passionate about is helping women fit exercise and eating well into their lives seamlessly according to their current season of life so they can live their vocations to the fullest. With a background in education and a master's in theology, Brittany strives to teach other women 
women how to become the healthiest version of themselves in order to better serve God and others. I cannot wait to have this conversation. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I love everything that you're about. You know, just reading that bio, I'm like, yes, this is a girlfriend, right? (laughs) (laughs) So good. So let's just get started. Could you just give us a little bit of your background? How did you get started on your own fitness journey? How did you get into the fitness industry to begin with? Sure. Um, I actually started out with running, was my foray Mm -hmm. into the fitness world, which I know is up your alley. So it was a great... I was just kind of looking for an outlet of, it was while I was in college and it's such an accessible thing for anyone to do. So it is a nice place to start. You, you don't need weights. You don't need a proper outfit or this thing. Right. You just leave your house and run. So I started with that, but my um, initial outlook on fitness was not the most positive. I definitely started from a place of, ah, I'm gaining weight. Um, through the last couple of years of high school and then in college, you know, the pounds are packing on and it was more of, not punishing myself, but trying to like always catch up to the calories I was taking in and things Mm -hmm. like that. So I actually started more in a negative viewpoint of fitness, but then I did the marathon, started training, did a couple half marathons, marathons, and got into the weights and things. And fast forward to um, then pursuing an education in that and being certified. And I actually met my husband that way as well at the gym. So now it's, it's just wild to look back and now fitness is such a positive part of my life and is, is my biggest stress outlet. And I've just seen it be such a change for myself and for other people. So now we have a, I have a great relationship with fitness of, I don't know how I would do it without it. Right. Right. So I, I love that you share that it, it wasn't always that positive thing. Cause I think a lot of people can relate to that using exercise as a punishment or even just that mentality. Like I can't have a glass of wine tonight if I don't run three miles this afternoon or, you know, that kind of like exchange that we have in our minds. But I like your attitude of looking at fitness as just a really positive element that you can add to your life that can add joy to your life, that can add balance to your life. You met your husband that way. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Are you both fitness instructors? We are. Right now, we both do it more as part-time or on the side. So he has a different full-time job and full-time I'm we, raising our two boys. But mm-hmm. yes, we actually um, met at the gym as trainers and we just... It went from there of we, we, I had gone away to college and came back and we actually lived like seven minutes apart. So (laughs) he he was this big hulking trainer who I was afraid of because he was always (laughs) slamming weights and he got a friend to come to my group fitness class to talk to me and then went from there. (laughs) I like that. A fitness romance. Um, So that's really great because then it's just this positive element inside of your marriage. But for some people, they're like, these people are crazy, right? Because they're thinking right now, okay, yeah, sure. You can say that um, because you're young and you're fit and whatever. But people are at all different stages who are listening right now. And I know some are probably rolling their eyes. Some of them are probably tempted to turn off this podcast because they don't (laughs) want to hear this message. But what do you have to say for like, what's the value of exercise, especially for a wife or for a mom? Yeah, Firstly, I just want to say we are the family that will do 5Ks on holidays, but we're also the family that will drink mimosas on holidays. So <laughs> the best of both worlds. I, I like to think so. I really, we are very, you know, we all are striving for balance in so many areas, but I consider us balanced. We are not 
And the way we raise our kids is you can never eat that. It has sugar in it. You can never, you know, this is what we do and it's so strict and whatever. It's what we're trying to convey to our kids and for ourselves too is we, we move our bodies because it's good for us. It feels good. Sometimes it feels good to have a brownie, but it feels good to stop at one brownie and things like mm-hmm. that. So there is a meme out there about the mimosas and the 5Ks and we are both. <laughs> we'll do a hard workout and then we'll have a beer to barbecue. So we're mm-hmm. good on that. But um, no, I think there's so much value to an active lifestyle as a mom, as a spouse, and just, you know, as a woman, mm-hmm. as a person, because firstly, it's all about serving. So like you said earlier, that it helps us to actually live our vocation more to the fullest of that's where the whole name and everything comes from is right. it's, there is a danger to making fitness an idol, but there also is a danger to completely losing that part of your life. And I think that people don't realize, and maybe people who would be tempted to turn the podcast off or intimidated and whatnot. It's, I think that if you start seeing the effects of it, the positive effects, that's what motivates you to continue. So once mm-hmm. you get a taste of those benefits, so just for myself, if I was not working out, I would be stressed out. I would be short and snippy. And there are things that you might not even realize that are contributing to the fact that you are not giving your body a physical release of stress or not. And like real physical ailments, you know, I have really heavy kids and I know again, everybody's at different stages, but I have a 23 pound seven month old. So like big babies. So I think all the time, like if I did not train my back, if I did not work my core, I would actually be in, you know, physical pain and probably injure myself a lot more. And then that's just not a wife, mom, anything that anybody wants. So I think that everybody in your family benefits from you moving your body. And I'm I would definitely never say and don't say to clients, this is the only way to move your body. This is the best exercise. This is this. But everybody benefits from a mom who is happier, who has endorphins, who feels good about herself. And again, that's yourself, that's your spouse, that's everybody. And I think that one big thing, if you step back and think about it from your husband's perspective, for those of us who are married of, if you offered him the list, like, would you rather have a wife that is... I'm not talking any specific size, weight, anything like that, but just those non-scale benefits of, would you rather have a wife that's happier and not stressed out all the time and can get dressed without getting annoyed and like all of these things, but you have to please watch the kids for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, a couple times a week, whatever it is, however you guys work it out. He's going to be like, yeah, go get out the door, go to the basement, do what you need to do because I want that wife and the kids want that mom. And you know, yeah. Oh, I think that's so important. And now, so you mentioned like non-scale benefits and I think this is important for us to talk about because I think for so many of us, we end up with this negative relationship with fitness, with exercise because of this mentality that we bring to it, which is sort of like a dieter's mentality, a restrictive mentality, a punishing mentality. This is something I know that I can fall into if I'm not careful. And I go through like, back and forth, love affair, hate affair with my scale. Uh, (laughs) Honestly, like, let's talk about that. Like, what do you recommend for somebody who has that relationship with the scale or is, you know, tempted to maybe become obsessive about what the numbers are, whether, you know, she thinks she has a hundred pounds to lose, or she thinks she has two and a half pounds to lose. Like, I'll never forget the time I sat down with a friend over salads and she told me she wanted to lose three pounds. And I was like, 
come on, like you're a beautiful person. Like, why are we talking about three pounds, which I think the average woman fluctuates, you know, over the course of a week of both positive and negative. So what do you have to say for about that, that relationship with the scale, especially? Sure. No, I think some people are just also numbers people. So I do Mm -hmm. get that some of it really plays into like temperaments and personalities. So some people like to see those numbers. Right. So for those people, I say, yes, weigh yourself. Body fat is a better indicator, but it gets tricky to, to measure because there are pincher tests, there are handheld body fat. Some scales have them, I know, but they're still not always hundred percent accurate. They can fluctuate Mm -hmm. based on your water weight and things like that. So sometimes like the clients that love numbers say, okay, weigh yourself once a month, take your body fat once a month, if you have access to that. And then it kind of keeps you in check. But especially as women, like you mentioned, we can fluctuate so much in that month that people who are weighing themselves daily and then weekly, it's like, it could be wherever you're at in your hormones and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I think once a month, it seems to be a pretty healthy balance for those people that like the numbers. But then besides that, what I actually recommend to most people, which can kind of seem a little narcissistic or self-obsessed or something, but is progress pictures because Mm -hmm. a picture can be so motivating. It's, It's almost just finding more to what what motivates that particular person? Because if only you ever see it, it's still nice to see. You can't always feel the differences. And if you're not seeing them in the numbers, you're like, where am I making progress? And you right. really can't tell. So I really like the idea of pictures, whether you know, you're know you in a, a cl- tight fitting tank top and shorts or a bathing suit or something, and you take them every couple of months to kind of check in and how your clothes fit is another great one. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously not our elastic clothes because you can't really tell, <laughs> but I li- <laughs> live in leggings. I'm feeling good. But um, so how clothes fit and pictures are always really telling, but there's so much also to how you feel. So mm-hmm. th- when I, I'll run challenges or when I'm working with somebody one-on-one, I'll say, those are, I run through the questions, you know, how's your sleep? How's your energy levels? How is your mood? Because that's a big thing, you know, that we're not taking into account with whether it's lots of sugar in our diet, like taking, you know, cutting back on some of that to help the mood swings or it's lack of exercise and things like that. So kind of goes in with the benefits, but how are you feeling? What are, what's your sleep and all of that? How are your Mm -hmm. clothes fitting? And, you know, just how are you feeling in general on the whole? Yeah. It's such a tricky thing. And um, I, I like that you mentioned there are some scales that do that body fat percentage, but I, I, I actually don't own one, but I'm tempted to get one of those because I know I have this weird relationship and maybe you could talk about BMI a little bit sure. because I don't <laughs> like BMIs because, <laughs> because oh, I I'm have there. a ton of muscle actually yes, and my yeah. body loves to put on muscle. So if you plug my weight into a BMI with my height, it's like, oh, you're overweight. And as much as I can accept that and be like, no, I know that's because I've got a certain percentage of muscle and it's, it's more about like percentage of muscle versus percentage of body fat and all that. I still don't like to see those numbers. I still don't like to see what category I'm going to fall into, right? Oh, I don't think anyone wants to look it up and see overweight or anything like (laughs) that. No, my boys would be like, oh my goodness, through the moon. No, yeah, definitely good question. BMI is actually different. That's your your body mass index is different from your body fat level. So Mm -hmm. your BMI is taking all of that into consideration and like 
gives us these crazy numbers. Like you said, and I've seen pictures of you before and have not met you in real life yet, but that you <laughs> have like more of a gymnast build kind of thing right. where I know I talk about builds all the time. So it's not weird to me. No, I totally, I, I totally get it. But it's, you know, you can tell obviously by looking at someone if they have muscle or not. And that's the big thing is so many of us get obsessed with numbers. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned, so many clients of, I just want to be 135. I just want to be 150. I just want to, and I work with a broad range. I work, I work with people who are younger and I have clients who are postmenopausal and stuff. So we're all over the place, but we still get many of us hung up on the numbers. And I, that's where I will tell people like, look, I weigh this. Like, I think that you think this looks like this and weight looks so different. So I love that you mentioned muscle because muscle looks so much different than body fat. So that's what body fat tries to give us that indicator of is your percentage of it takes your overall weight, but takes into account your muscle. And that's it. It does it by the handheld electrodes. If you're using the handheld or the pinchers to kind of assess how much fat is on the surface and takes into account your muscle. So body fat is yeah. okay to go by. BMI, we just forget. BMI, we talk about <laughs> Good, because I was never so gratified as when I heard that LeBron James would be considered obese based on his BMI. Cause I was like, I told you like muscle makes all the difference. And you know, that said, I think it's important for us to talk about what's appropriate at different ages and stages of life. Not that it's ever normal for people to put on uh, a ton of extra fat or healthy, but your body changes and that's okay. And you know, the, there are going to be different ages and stages of life and motherhood of course brings about all these changes. Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. I think overall, even in this conversation that we're having about, oh, fitness and feeling good and being a good mom and and things like that, it's always has to be in the proper order. So I think that, you know, your approach to things is always that way. And I'm sure that's your listeners as well, that it's God, everything else. So whatever everyone's Mm -hmm. individual values are for us, that's God, family, everything else. And fitness falls somewhere down that laundry list. So in having this discussion, and I know we got a little bit numbery to, I think it also normalizes it because people do worry about that. Again, yeah. like, is that okay? Should I weigh this? Should I weigh that? So, you know, that's, that's like my jam. Again, it's really, these are our weird dinner time conversations. It's like, <laughs> how many carbs and protein would fit into this? You know, whatever, because they'll <laughs> analyze it and do it for people. So we love that stuff, but to just break it down, it's, it's, the reason for fitness, the reason to take care of your physical body is to enhance your quality of life, to be able to serve others, but it's not the end all be all. We, we know we're leaving these bodies. We know we care about the spiritual side more. So that's kind of just the overarching disclaimer and, you know, tunnel to look down. Like this is, yes, fitness is a a thing that should enhance our lives. And I think that God definitely wants us to take care of our physical bodies, but in the proper order, So that's very, that can even look different at different ages and stages. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as you mentioned, though, I do think we need to be very aware of how having actual excess body fat, not, you know, being overweight on BMI or things like that. But our doctor is really telling us, you know, this is a concern or this is a concern is serious because I don't think God calls any of us to a more limited life because of our own choosing essentially. That's a side we don't really like to talk about. We don't like to talk about the sloth and gluttony side. We like to talk about, you know, make sure you're not too vain and worry too much about it. But there's, there is a balance there too, where, you know, I do think that we need to be aware of that. So sometimes, you know, 
we used to back when we were dating, it was just fun to us. So we would spend an hour in the gym and then we'd go for a run. But, you know, was it too much? Probably. But did it fit our state in life? Were we taking care of the other things in order? You know, now Mm -hmm. is it appropriate as a mom of two to do two workouts a day? Because I want to get my body looking a certain way and fit a certain mold or idea I have of myself or number? Probably not. What is my purpose for working out? My purpose is to have more energy, to serve my family, to keep myself attractive for my spouse. All these things are good things. Mm -hmm. But accepting also the differences, there's a difference between thinking, you know, I I should try to be healthier. I should try to be at my peak physical ability so I can run and enjoy with my kids, so I can hike with my family versus standing in front of the mirror, pinching our love handles and saying, I wish I could fit in my college jeans or you right. know, the jeans I wore after this baby or this baby at all these different levels. And sometimes to our bodies, you know, I think it's awesome when people do all kinds of workouts. I've seen 70 year olds doing CrossFit and oh things gosh. and like, amen to you sister. But if you, you also just want to move and take Tai Chi at 70, that's cool too. You know? Right. So I think different things work for everybody at different stages, but yes, acknowledging our hormones play a big factor, but there's always you know, steps that we can take and there are variables we can control, even though so much we can't control. Right. No, I think that's very wise. And having that kind of balanced approach is so important, whatever stage you're at, right? Um, But speaking of priorities, the number one thing I hear from women is they don't have time to work out. Like they're like, I know, I want to, I have these goals. I just don't have the time. And I get it, right? Because you know, you're a mom of little kids. You know that your life just gets full. What what do you have to say to somebody who's struggling with finding the time? I think that one of the things I see a lot is we've amped up a workout or exercise to be this colossal thing. So Mm -hmm. it's like in our minds, we, well, especially I know we're still, I know things are opening up by you as you've mentioned a little bit recently, but for us, gyms are still closed in Mm -hmm. Buffalo, New York. So it has been wild because a lot of people who have not, you know, we're all trying to find ways to get it done at home. So, but if, you know, you think when gyms are open that, okay, I need to, to be a fit person, to be a fit mom, I have to go to the gym. So it's gotta be, you know, that 10 minute drive, an hour long workout. A lot of people like to think of a set duration too, that it has to be. Then I come back, then I shower. Yeah. It does become like this huge fandango that I don't think anyone's swinging multiple times a week or it, it is a really big takeaway from our family life and things like that. If we make it to be this big production. Mm -hmm. So whether, wherever you do it, if you like to go to a park, if you go for a run, if you go to the gym, if you do it at home, I think just being realistic about what we're actually working with helps us to actually get it done, to make sure that it is being done. So looking at your week and, and seeing, okay, yeah, I couldn't fit in five hour long workouts, but can I fit in three 20 minute ones? Mm -hmm. And then you know, planning is the number one key definitely to setting up your week. I like to tell people to slot it in, whether you're a paper planner or you're, you've got a Trello board or whatever it is, but a Google calendar, I don't know, but you slot (laughs) it in, but then be flexible. So especially again, we have kids of all ages and stages. Maybe some people don't have kids, maybe whatever, but have a plan, but then be flexible. I do. I'm a huge proponent of mornings. I don't know when you work out, if you're a morning gal. Yeah. It's just, no one's going to interrupt you. That's the thing. At 5.30 a.m. with what could come up later, you know? Mm -hmm. So I definitely say, keep it really realistic. So again, I also think 
there is that mindset of it has to be long. I remember people saying, well, I have to be at the gym for 45 minutes. There is no rule that says your effective workouts 45 minutes. Some of my workouts are nine minutes long. I just crank it as, and I'm sure, you know, with hit intervals, things like that, you can get a lot done in a short amount of time. And that's why those kinds of workouts are appealing to us busy people. So definitely having the plan, keeping it realistic, marking it down, but then getting it done in the morning. Cause I'll be honest, still some days if I oversleep or I want to work in the morning or something and the workout doesn't happen, it is hard to fit in later. Things do come up and then it really is. Yeah. 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 That's been my experience as well. But if, if you have a set time too, though, if you have it blocked off on your schedule, because I know I've gone through stages where it's more of a late afternoon thing, just because that's when my work is winding down and it's like, it feels like a break to go and do yeah. that. But I just think that the key though, is to have it in the schedule. <laughs> Whether you're a stay-at-home mom and your schedule is just your Google calendar and your plan for the day, or you're a busy executive and you actually have a schedule where you're answerable to other people and that sort of thing, having it scheduled, I think is so key, having that plan in place. But but you're so right that that's the, you know, an ongoing theme here at Girlfriends is making the perfect the enemy of the good. And So often that's what we do, like building this up, like it has to be this major production or why bother at all, right? And I think I know you talk a lot about seasons of life and I am always saying seasons too. And it's because it it really is applicable. Yeah, I just said do it in the morning, but guess what? If somebody is in a season of life where they're driving kids to the bus stop in the morning, or, you know, mornings can be crazy when you are getting kids out of the door to school, or if you have a newborn, like at all ages of visas. So it doesn't work for everybody, but I think the key is, like you said, having a plan, but then having, realizing what your season is realistic in your season. If you, you know, are dropping a kid off at a sporting event, can you just go do a quick 20 minutes at the track? That's Mm -hmm. a couple minutes away. Like being a little bit creative, but you do need the plan. Cause if you just think like, oh yeah, it'll get done. It's not going to. (laughs) No, I know. I know from experience, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I've spent whole days like planning to get a run in and it just doesn't happen. And then, you know what, that takes a lot of mental energy too, that, and then you have nothing to show for it, right? You've spent your whole day feeling frustrated that you're not doing this thing and it's kind of looming over you and then you don't do it and you feel like a failure by the end of the day. It's like, you just, you need to have that plan in place, but it really is valuable to do it. First thing, even if you're not like getting up at 5.30 and doing it, like the first official thing you do in your day, perhaps, maybe if you can manage that, I think that it's a great hurdle to kind of begin your day with. Definitely. But okay, so let's talk about, um, this is something I run into with women all the time who they are at like what they would consider rock bottom with regard to their fitness, whether they are considerably overweight or just completely out of shape, or they've, you know, maybe had some injury or whatever they're dealing with or other health issues. Um, I, I think that some women get very discouraged in, in that way, maybe even comparing themselves to their former selves. Maybe like I know some women who were athletes in high school and then they just feel like, if I can't get back to that, then you know, what is it worth? And so I know women can feel discouraged and we can kind of set ourselves up for failure in that way by saying like, why even bother? You know, it's hard to forgive yourself for the shape that you're in. We have all of these emotions and this kind of guilt that goes into how you know, how we've been taking care of ourselves. But do you have any words of encouragement to offer somebody who might be feeling that way? Or what advice might you offer to somebody who feels like they're at rock bottom and that's a very discouraging place to be? Definitely. It is It is a hard place to start, but it's the idea that we've all started somewhere eventually, whether we did have a good 
upbringing and seeing a good relationship with moving your body and food and everything. But some of us did not. And, you know, so we might not have started at rock bottom, but we all started somewhere. And I agree. It's the hard, the hardest part is just starting with anything, with learning a new skill. But there is so much wrapped up in that that's legitimate of feelings of failure, fear of failing again and whatnot. So I think that just obviously knowing your why, anything you do in life to know, why am I doing this? Why do I value it? And then actually trying to be able to like see yourself on the other side of that. Not in a, I'm not into the hokey, like tell yourself you're beautiful every day in the mirror. Like <laughs> if that, if you do that, that's cool. But that's, that's not really my style. So, but really believing that you can change it because we little by little, like day by day, you don't see these big changes, but then you look back and you're like, oh my goodness, even for myself when, you know, there was a, a huge physique change and whatnot, but I didn't feel it. I didn't see it when it was happening. I just started running. I just started moving. I mm -hmm. just, I picked one thing and I started it. And that's what, if you are interested, like you have to believe like you are not always going to be stuck where you are right now. If you think I am so out of shape, I see this person running down the street and I could never do that. So what's the point? First of all, you, you really can, you really could be that person, but not tomorrow sure. and not next week. And that is the hard part. Cause we love instant gratification. I do too. We like to see progress right away. Yeah. We just want to be the fit person. Like, good. I ate a salad. I am like, I should have <laughs> lost 30 pounds. <laughs> I know, <laughs> you know, so, but I would just say if you're brand, brand new, or you just want to get back on the wagon or even people who were athletes before and haven't done anything in a while, again, you're at a different stage now. So try to approach it as a newer thing where don't hop back. If you used to run track in high school, don't think, okay, Brittany, I am on board. I liked this discussion. I'm going to go out and do hurdles tomorrow. You know, <laughs> start with what motivates you. Honestly, it might as well be, you know, something that you look forward to and something that you have a desire about. If that's a Zumba class, cool. If that's an outdoor boot camp class, you know, whatever, just try to find something that piques your interest and just start mm -hmm. there, just start small. Obviously I would suggest then taking a beginner option if it's available, but especially if you really are, are nervous with getting injured or you're just not sure what to do form wise. If you're like, Brittany, I, if I bought a pair of weights, I would just, you know, I'd prop a picture up with them and make it a picture. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with them. There's so much available, whether, you know, you work with somebody or not, there's so much on YouTube or on demand that if you went that route and did it at home, whatever it is, or going somewhere physically, but start with a little direction. If you, if that's something that you're nervous about, cause that's com uh, completely legitimate. I actually, when I started weightlifting, I had no idea what I was doing. So I started by taking group fitness classes that were strength. But again, we can all, so much is out there. You can do it right, right. from your living room. If you like the privacy and you're nervous and you don't want somebody, <laughs> you know, staring at you and right. we all worry about that too. Am I doing this wrong? Everyone's looking at me. They're not, they're looking at themselves. Everyone's looking at themselves at the gym. So <laughs> true, true. Whether it's looking they're more at their concerned about or, themselves than about you, for sure, for sure. But yeah. speaking of getting a little bit of direction or a little bit of help or guidance, this is something that you do, right? So your website, it's fitmomlifetothefullest.com. That's right. Yes. And I, I keep that across the board. So Facebook, Instagram, whatever, it's all that handle, Fit Mom Life to the Fullest. Mm-hmm. So I so tell us I a little bit about that. Yeah, what do you offer there? Sure. I I offer some programs that are self-paced to go at your own for those who are in specific seasons like postpartum or pregnancy and want to stay moving, but especially 
are a little bit nervous about what to do with those phases, but I have a lot of recipes and like workouts to do with your kids, things to do outside, uh, easy meal prep tips and things like that over on those social media. And I'll run some fun challenges and things like that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. So people can check that out at fitmomlifetothefullest.com or find Brittany on social media, fitmomlifetothefullest. But speaking of people that you're working with, what are some of the other obstacles? We've talked about time obstacles and some of the mental obstacles. Are there any others that people kind of put in their way with when it comes to fitting in fitness? Yeah, I think we, we definitely talk time and then not knowing really what to do or having a plan. Mm-hmm. I know that's big. My, I have three sisters and they're all wonderful. And we all go through seasons. It's, it's been the slow trickle of, oh, you're pregnant. Do you want to do my pregnancy program? Oh, you're postpartum. Try this, you know, <laughs> and we, we work out together once a week. I'll train them once a week. So we have a lot of fun, but she was my, one of my sisters like, I took your advice. I got up in the morning. And then I didn't know what to do. I didn't take your second piece of advice. I didn't have a plan. So you need to have a plan. If you're going to bother to set aside time to work out, definitely having the plan. Because that is, like you said, it's mental fatigue. It's more decision fatigue of, okay, now I have to look up some exercises. What am I going to do? Even if, again, you like take 20 minutes on a Sunday or Monday to look up three different videos off YouTube that you're going to do that Mm -hmm. week. Good. Then you have a plan when you get to that designated workout time. So having a plan, and then having the specific times planned out being flexible. But I think the other big obstacle is when it's not a routine yet. So just my best advice for that, because I get it. There are all things that we have that we like held as an ideal, but we cannot get down yet. You know, I have the unending pile on my side of the bed. (laughs) I'm like an aspiring minimalist. I get rid of stuff all the time. And then it's like the one lurking clothes pile that it's, it is my ideal to not have that pile, but it's, you know, we all there, you know, I have not enacted the habit of just putting clothes back after. So there it is. If we are like, have this ideal of, again, I want to be a person that works out. Okay, Brittany, I have a plan. Okay, Brittany, I set aside, I picked what I'm going to do but you're just not actually doing it. Like do whatever it takes, put a post-it on your fridge, set reminders on your phone. I mean, I set reminders on my phone to pray. I know other people do that to drink water or to pray or things like that. So try to help yourself out while you're trying to make it a routine because that it is, it's tough to start something new if it's not in your usual repertoire. Right. For sure. You just need that little bit of basic information and the reminder and the motivation. So finding what works for you for sure. But Brittany, this is of course, Girlfriends, which is a Catholic podcast. So let's talk a little bit about spirituality before we have to wrap up here. How do you see fitness tying in with your spirituality? Oh my goodness. I see it as just such a, I think first of all, as Catholics, that all of us you know, we see the rest of the world, everything about the rest of the world is shaped by our lens of faith. So, you know, I work with people who are not Catholic. I work with people who are different denominations or have no religion, but it's like, Hey, this is how I'm going to teach you. And this is how I'm going to do it because it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do makes a difference. So in this, I think it's just so cyclical where our things that you can learn in fitness carry over into your spiritual life things that you do in your spiritual life can carry over into fitness. I think it's very rare that you see somebody who is really disciplined in one area and the rest of their life is a mess and this and that. So I think that usually you do see like, okay, the person who has their spiritual life in order is also the person who 
you know, has their fitness routine down pat is also the person who is organized and things. So discipline carries over for sure into different areas. And I think that the truths and the things that you can learn about yourself and or saying no to yourself carry over into spirituality. So there's also that mortification kind of aspect, like, yes, sure. pick, pick something that appeals to you when you're getting into fitness. But what I really love about it is saying no to yourself. So you see spirituality as a discipline and physical fitness as a discipline. So there is that, that kind of carryover. And um, is that something that you've experienced in your own spirituality and fitness routines? Definitely. I think, and I know there are, are there more approaches that really directly tie in fitness of I've done some like stations of the cross workouts and things like that with mm-hmm. youth groups and things. And I think that tie in really specifically while you're going through physical mortification is, is an interesting side to it. But I think just more overall, if you can learn to force yourself to get up, to run it, you know, whatever time, whatever time it is to, to make that act of will to go out the door and run, you can also make that act of will to pray when you don't feel like it. There's right. and, and vice versa. So if you can get yourself to in everything, you know, it's, it helps you to maybe catch yourself and bite your tongue when you want to really like let it out on a kid about something like <laughs> the last time I told you, don't leave your shoes there. But you've, you've learned to master it's, I think mastering our emotions, which is a constant, you know, process a hundred percent. I'm not there. I'm mm-hmm. at the very beginning of that, but learning to tell yourself no first and realize that, you know, you're going to want to take the easy way out. You're going to want to do what's easy all the time, as much as we can combat it. And that's what I think it is. So, so in all of these areas, just telling yourself probably no to your first reaction. Usually our emotions are <laughs> the ones that are not going to lead us. So driving the discipline, the discipline, the routine, it's, it's evident in fitness and in spiritual and in our spiritual lives as well, taking that time. And, and I think that there are so, there's so much to it. If we can just live as liturgically as possible and follow what, you know, God shows us in the scriptures, because if we are living that way, we're almost naturally like, again, our health is a side effect. Mm-hmm. Jesus shows us there are times to fast, there are times to feast. So, right, exactly. I think a lot of people think like, I don't want to be that person at a wedding who's not having a glass of wine and who's not having cake. Right. I don't, I don't want to be that person either, you know, (laughs) but there's a time and place and there's times to say no to yourself and to just offer it up because you should just offer it up, you know? So I think that a lot of it carries over there too, where if we took that, there's so many elements of health that people try to separate from religion. And it actually, I think just coincides so beautifully. Like you want to separate it and do this weird meditation, mindfulness thing that we are not on board with as Catholics, but guess what? That's why we have the rosary. We, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think the same for our physical fitness. If we do what, you know, God is asking of us, we actually just are become healthier that way too. I love that approach because it's not really compartmentalized. We're we're whole people, right? And all of these things all have yes. application in all the different parts of our life. And that's actually part of what I really love about our Catholic faith is that it fully recognizes that we're physical beings, right? We're not just these disembodied souls floating around. Like our bodies matter and they have meaning and they're every bit a part of our identity as human beings. So um, I, I love that our, our church recognizes that. 
Um, but Brittany, real quick before we have to go, I want to ask you, because a lot of us are going into the summer season here and we've got kids home from school. Maybe we're, some people are setting some fitness goals for themselves, but maybe some of us have this sneaky plan to also be dragging our husbands and kids along for the ride. Do you have anything to say about that? Like, how do you motivate? We've been talking a lot about motivating yourself, but some people might also have the goal of motivating other people in their family to be more physically active. Do you have any recommendations there? Sure. And I think that's a wonderful, I think that is the goal if, you know, is not to keep it isolated. So especially if it's a newer concept to your family, yes, they'll see your example, but you know, hopefully it'll matriculate all through your whole family. So I think the one big key is to keep it fun and keep it light, especially if it's a newer, you're not going to walk down and say, this is what we're doing guys. We're starting <laughs> with 20 push-ups, and you know, None of that. So keeping it fun, keeping it light and introducing it just like you would for yourself at reasonable lengths and what's appropriate for your family right now. So if you guys are really more, have been more sedentary and playing like seated games with each other and things and activity isn't a real normal part of your routine, again, amazing that you want to, to begin with that and, and have it start being a regular part of your routine, Mm -hmm. but chunk it on down. You're not going to go out there and be like, start out with a 10 mile hike. Okay. I would start with some family walks, bike rides, hikes, but short durations until you have built it up. But I think those are all great ways that you can kind of scale it and modify it according to kids ages. You can, might be a walk for you and your husband, but it might be a bike ride for some littles. Or if you have all grown kids, you can do a family bike ride or a harder hike and find some, you know, enlist them to find some cool spots that they wanted to go to some outdoor, you know, ponds and things like that, that you can go for a swim after or go kayaking. You definitely have, I think some more variety and options as you get older, but you know, if you have the little ones, you can strap them to your backs and get going again. I would just start breaking it down into, you know, a one mile hike or things like that when you're starting out. But even just active play, if you normally are, again, doing something seated or it's it's not, see ways you can add movement. And I'm like adding a family hide and seek, like, okay, after dinner, or I guess you got to wait a little later now a days, but till the sun goes down, but some flashlight mm-hmm. family hide and seek, like start with games because that's probably more for, you know, the younger ones. But mm-hmm. then as you scale up, you can venture into more difficult, you know, arduous physical activities. (laughs) Yeah. But I like the focus on fun because it really is something you can do together as a family and kind of find your charism as a family, what things, what active things you enjoy doing together. That's such great advice. So my guest today is Brittany Pearson from fitmomlifetothefullest.com. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing with us here on Girlfriends today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Danielle, thank you so much. I love everything about Girlfriends and was so happy to get to be on. So thank you. Well, thrilled to have you. Coming up, we've got a little bit more of the show, but first we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you're listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista. When I became Catholic, I had a really hard time understanding the role Mary was supposed to play in my life. So I went to her and I told her, I just don't get it. I need your help. And guess what? Mary did just that. She showed me a way to pray that has revolutionized my entire life. Mary has been called the mother of listening. She didn't just hear the word. She knew how to hear it in light of her own relationships, circumstances, and habits. And then she let the word transform her. I realized that I had to share what I was learning about Mary's way of praying with others. 
So I wrote How to Pray Like Mary, a step-by-step guide to discovering God's voice in the scriptures and letting Him transform your heart. I invite you to learn more about How to Pray Like Mary at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. So we're at the point in the show where I usually like to share a little bit of listener feedback with you. And this week I heard from listener Anna and she had an interesting question I thought I would share with you all because this might be something that we could take a lot of different people's feedback and perspectives on. So this is what Anna wrote to me. She said, my boyfriend and I are very seriously considering marriage. I suspect he will likely propose by the end of the year. I am prepared and very excited to enter this journey with him. One thing has been lingering in my mind lately, taking his last name as mine. Thankfully, that's the biggest of my worries, but I still have a hard time coming to terms with it. Did you or someone you know have a difficult time with this when you got married? It's not like he has a bad name or anything, but I'm really close with my family and I've always loved and been proud of my last name. I feel like it is a huge part of who I am and I don't want to lose it. Of course, this isn't something that I would let stand in the way of our marriage, but I wish I could just accept it. I've broached the subject with him and he doesn't want to give up his name either. I know that he grew up never expecting to release his name. I don't know that I feel justified in asking him to take my name when I know that he doesn't want to. I also know that I could keep my name, but I don't want my kids to have a different name for me and I also don't want them to have to use a hyphenated last name. I've come to terms with the fact that my only option is to take his, but as I said, it's not easy for me. I hope that maybe you can offer me some advice on how to come to peace with this as I'm not sure who else to turn to. Thanks for your time and prayers as always. God bless Anna. So interesting question, right? And so Anna, you started by asking if this is something that I struggled with and the answer is no, sorry, but I didn't. I was really excited and I thought it was fun to change my name when we got married. And I love that we were getting actually like the same name, right? Because it's Daniel Bean and Danielle Bean and I just loved everything about it. So I didn't have that struggle, but that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you because you do. I think it's really sweet that you're very attached to your family and to your family name. And that's normal. And I I don't want to encourage you one way or the other, but it sounds like you've decided it makes the most sense for what your long-term goals are, which is having the same last name as your husband, having the same last name as your kids, not using a hyphen. Sounds like you've decided that this is your best option. And how do you come to terms with it? How do you come to a place of peace with it? Honestly, I can tell you that is going to happen over time for sure. I look back to the things that I really wrestled with, and and this isn't to minimize it, um, but I look back to the things that I really wrestled with when Dan and I were preparing to marry and some of the questions I had, some of the issues that I thought were big concerns. And I can see now that they're not at all big issues for me. They're not concerns for me. Other things are. (laughs) So um, just know that your perspective is definitely going to change on this over time. And I would really encourage you to just be super focused on the positive things about the two of you becoming one and sharing that last name. You might consider something like if and when you have children, naming one of your children with your your maiden name, whether you use it as a middle name or a first name or um, whatever might be appropriate. But you might consider an option like that because then you don't feel quite so much like you are completely losing that part of your identity. And of course you're not, right? You're still a 
valued and precious member of your family of origin, even when you get married. But I, I happen to really like that um, you are focused on the unity of having the same last name with your husband and with your kids. I, I, I really value that too. So I think that's a really wonderful thing that you're focused on. And I can tell that you're already being a good wife and um, looking to make those kinds of accommodations for what you see as a greater value. In the grand scheme of things, is this a big deal? No, but I completely understand that it feels like a big deal to you and that it's a big concern of yours right now. And I don't think you need to apologize for that. And um, the fact that you're, you're struggling with this and having these conversations with your now boyfriend, soon to be fiance, I hope, um, I think it's really great that you're, you're being that open with the kinds of things that you're, you're thinking about and you're really planning ahead and kind of foreseeing what future conflicts might be like. And as much as that can be a detriment sometimes, you know, foreseeing future problems that may or may not come to pass. Um, I think it's good. And I think it's, it's great. It's a, a healthy sign of a healthy relationship that you are able to have these conversations and be open about how you're feeling about it. But I really wanted to share your question because I thought maybe listeners have different kinds of experiences with this. I shared the idea of possibly using your maiden name um, in naming one of your children, but maybe there are other ways that other people have kind of preserved their own last name when entering into marriage or honored their, their family of origin as they were going into marriage that might be helpful or useful to you. So please let me know, listeners, if Anna's question has inspired you to recall a way that you handled a similar situation or a creative way that you noted somebody else did, let me know. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com, and I can share your thoughts, your feedback, your suggestions on a future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. But in the meantime, I want to encourage everybody to join me, please, in praying for Anna and her, her future marriage and uh, just praying for God to pour out his blessings upon their relationship and uh, their future family. Another way you can prayerfully support the Girlfriends Podcast is by becoming a member of our Facebook group. We want your participation there. So if you go to facebook.com slash groups, slash Girlfriends Podcast. You can put in a request to join. It's a private group. It's a closed off group. It's only open to people who listen to the Girlfriends Podcast. You have to answer a couple of questions in order to get approved, but I promise to do that quickly and let you in because we want your participation there. Our community here at the podcast is so enriched by your presence and your participation in it. And the Facebook group is an extension of that. It's a way that we can connect, continue to interact throughout the week, even outside of the podcast. So I'd love it if you would join us over there. If you can't remember, don't want to remember that complicated URL to join the Facebook group, you can always go to ascensionpress.com, get the link there. All the show notes are always published over at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember to even go over to ascensionpress.com, pause right now. Text the word GIRLFRIENDS to 33777 and you can get subscribed to a list that will automatically get sent to your email inbox every week with the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast along with the show notes, all the links, all the relevant resources. It's a nice way to have that peace of mind so that when you're listening to Girlfriends, you can know, I already have all those links, all these stuff that we talk about here, the different people that we interview and all of their resources and ministries that they're involved in. You can get all of those links and all of that extra information sent right to your inbox. You don't have to be clicking around to try and remember where to go and how to get those resources. So text the word girlfriends to 33777. I would love to have you join our subscriber list 
playlist. And the bonus is you never miss an episode and we're always going to be connected in that way. So thanks for doing that. And that's all the time we have for this week. But I want to thank you for being a part of today's podcast. I want to thank Brittany for joining me and for sharing her insight and expertise. I want to encourage you to go over to her website and support all of the good work that she is doing to encourage moms to take care of themselves, even inside the busyness of family life. So thank you for being here. Thanks for participating in this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Just by showing up, just by putting in those earbuds, just by hitting play, you are an important and valued member of the Girlfriends community. I'm so grateful for your presence here. I'm so encouraged by all the ways that we are able to connect through this podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I'm looking forward to connecting with you next week. So until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 